hundred years. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta move on. Those days are gone now. Mike Young stories that need to be told. Sitting in my mom's living room. With my brother Rob, I came back to Detroit to go to my nephew's graduation, just finished high school, back to L.A. tomorrow, got a podcast. People love hearing my brother talk. That's like a double entendre. What is? Like, you said, got a podcast. Got a pod a podcast. No, you said got a podcast, but you got a podcast. I do got a podcast. Is that a double entendre? It seemed like it when you said it the first time, if we rewound it and listened to it. When my brother eats, he's in a much better mood and he starts joking. 40 minutes ago when he was hungry, he was in the worst mood because all he thought about was giving blood at the doctor today and he had a needle in his arm. Fuck needles in your arm. I could never be... I could never be an... Like, I could never be an addict of a needle. I could never be addicted to the feeling of a needle in my arm. Fuck that shit. <laughs> so... He gave blood today. I was ready to give blood. I've been home for a week. It's been a great stay. Oh, by the way, I came up with a great idea today. I'm coming out of my delirious blood giving thing. Doctor's offices are all about health and well-being and all that shit. I walked out. I was like, there's got to be some cookies or candy here. I'm about to fall out. They're like, oh, we don't have candy here. We're at doctor's office. I said, but you just took all my blood. And now I'm about to pass out. I remember being in high school, and you could eat all the cookies. Yeah, you were supposed to get cookies because you're, they and took a- out all the blood and the sugar, and you need sugar when you're, when you're done with that. And apple juice. And yeah. I remember skipping class just because I was hungry and just going down to where they were giving blood just so I could eat the cookies and talk to the people. It was like a mash unit in our gymnasium. And then today... No cookies? I t- there was zero. I, t- and I even told, they told me to fast. They said, oh, we want you to fast the night before. And so when you come in, like all your levels are wherever at a baseline. Right. So I fasted. So I didn't eat. I was with you last night. Then I got that big loss that came in I had to deal with. So that was like 9, 10 o'clock. Right. Major casino flooding in, in Ohio. Roof got torn off like a tuna can. Right. While trying to watch the basketball game, within 40 seconds of the start of the game, my brother was outside pacing around talking about a roof getting torn off a casino and doing full business, and we didn't see him again. By the way, the only thing that I cared about, the, the questions that I asked were, were the people okay and were the horses okay? Because it was at a, a racetrack in Kentucky. So the roof got torn off. The whole place is pretty, you know, five stories. And then all the outcrop buildings where they store the horses, the stables, and all the jockey facilities, those were compromised as well. Wow. So they were telling me how bad it was. And this is that. I said, I said, yo, is everybody okay? And they stopped. There was a pause. It was almost like there was zero sound. I, like, like, we got disconnected. And then they were like, yes, everybody's okay. Thanks for asking. I said, what about the horses? Are the horses okay? They said, yes, all the horses are okay. This is why my brother is the most beloved person in his industry. It's an industry full of and based on major disasters. So everybody has a disaster and they go into a full panic right away. And my brother comes in with the soft hands and the smooth voice and the caring heart and the loving soul. And all he wants to do is make sure are the horses cool and are the people cool. 
and the people who are own the place and are losing their mind because they're losing money at the casino, they're baffled. They don't even know. They don't even know what just. They don't. They can't believe your response it, you know, it's, is caring and loving. And it's the way the whole world should operate. It's the way the doctor's office should be with cookies after you give blood. Yeah. It's the way even jails need to operate on a little softer of a method. Like they, they got the whole philosophy of the country is upside down and greedy. They always think money first, and you know what I mean, and people second. And it's a whole and your whole philosophy, bro. That's why everybody. I told my brother. I said, you should get a card made that says the connector. And turn it into a business because he knows every single person in Detroit by first name. If you go down to Detroit with my brother, with Rob, he he's shaking hands. He's hugging senators. He's talking to mayors. He's opening doors for elderly people whose, whose old folks' home he might have just fixed, whose assisted living complex had a flood. You got a gift, bro. You got a lot of things you need to work on, but you really got a gift yeah. and an affinity for other human beings. Now, do you overtalk sometimes? Absolutely. Have you overtalked our entire lives? 100%. Will you go on a diatribe and monologue and not stop? It happens every day. But that being said, the loving, caring soul that you are that makes people love you and want to be around you is a gift. And I don't know many people that have, you're like a male. Super strong Division one Athletic Mother Teresa <laughs> You're the world's Strongest Mother Teresa I know <laughs> My brother walked on Division one football I've said this before But he, and he, he could beat up Everyone we've ever met And maybe that's why You're so sweet As a person Maybe because you know In your gut That if anything Ever happened There's pretty much 95% of people You could handle <laughs> So therefore, you can be sweet. It's almost like if you've ever met a professional boxer, besides some of the loudmouths that are out in the world right now, but most pro fighters are the sweetest, most gentle people. You shake their hand, it's just a soft hand with a little bit of a squeeze that lets you know you don't want none of this. Right. How you doing? So nice to meet you. Pleasure's all mine. You don't want this to curl up in a fist. That's a good title, but thank you for all the thank you very much, Mike. How great am I? You're great, but I I think I got my over-talking from you. I just followed your footsteps. That was a diatribe for four minutes, at least. One minute. If anybody's out there counting or there's a ticker going, that was a long ticker. Um, But yeah, I don't know what I was going to say, but thank you very much. You lost your train of thought. But here's the train of thought. So we're talking about... So he goes to the doctor, and speaking of doctors... I talk to a doctor every day. <clears throat> I haven't talked about this yet on the, on, the, on the podcast, but I don't think I talked about it, but I had a blood clot after flying across the country seven times. And it was the perfect storm of sitting sedentary on an airplane from LA to DC, DC to LA, LA to Baltimore, Baltimore back to LA, LA back to Florida. And on Florida... Jesus Christ, you talked about this already on your other podcast. Did I? The blood clot? Did I talk about the clot? Didn't you? I don't remember if I talked about it or not. Anyway, I'm over it. But my point is, doctors, if you're a doctor out there, soften up. Or call Mike and leave me a number. And, and I'll ask every question in the world. And he'll, and he'll categorize you if you're 24-7 available or just what days a week. 
or what day is off you have. I'll go online right now. When your vacation, send them your uh, your your part time off and your paid time off schedule as well. Because if you're, you know, he doesn't want to bother you while you're on vacation with your family. But I will, because yeah. I have. Yeah, if you're on the list, he will. But if he doesn't have all that information, he'll he'll call you whenever. My mom and dad's one of their best friends, Eduardo, Doctor Eduardo Phillips, one of the family's best friends. He's probably the smartest doctor we know, the highest level doctor mm-hmm. we know. Top surgeon, mm-hmm. head of Beaumont, surgeon, you know, just a, a master of the art of surgery. He, he's a genius. I call him with every, I call his cell phone when anything happens. So after the clot, and he's got the calmest doctor voice and the nicest put you at ease temperament. And so I called him. I said, Eduardo, listen, they did the blood work. The doctor called me. He said that I had one abnormality in the blood. And he goes, Michael, did they take that test while they gave you the, after you were already on the blood thinner? I said, yes. He said, that's what gave you a false positive. You're going to be fine. Don't think about this. Don't let it weigh on you. Stay on the blood thinners for three to six months. You're going to be fine. This happens. Blah, blah, blah. I was a perfect storm for a blood clot. I ate a bag of candy a day. I was eating a bag of candy a day. I was fully dehydrated, not taking care of myself. And I sat down for a thousand hours straight on airplanes. Maybe you should take a sip of water right now. I got water everywhere. Right now around my mom's house, there's liters of water everywhere. That's my water. No, this is mine. I've been drinking out of this one. You're 100% sure? 100% sure. I came home from the emceeing that I was doing today at the senior community where people live and where people work. And they don't call them caregivers here. You know, like at every other place, they call them caregivers. They call them care friends. And they don't call them employees. They should just call them friends. And they don't call them employees. Well, friends is fine. They don't, but this is, this is how they, I have the script here. I have the whole thing here. They, it was for me. I, my, it's a, the Robert Young script. <laughs> I, I emceed the whole thing today. So, yeah. There's certain people that have bedside manners in every industry. Eduardo is like, he's, he's like. He, he's, he's the gold standard. He, he sets the, exactly. He sets the bar and he is the gold standard for that industry. The doctor in West Palm, the guy, the big fellow with the accent, no bedside manner. Just walked in. The event's over. You're fine. You can fly back tomorrow. Goodbye. Listen, I've watched it happen a thousand times. And part of what I do and like what we do as a company and what my and what Young and Sons did was we didn't base it on what other people did. We based it on what we thought the right thing was to do. You know, the way I did it was just the way we were raised. It was simple as sim- that. Simple as that. It was like... We were raised right, right? We were always around adults, so we knew how to act. We were always, uh, we, you know, mom and dad were always together, so we knew how to take care of our mom. Dad always taught us to, t- you know, hold a door for our lady. You know, if somebody's in trouble, you help them out. There was, no matter what you had, you could always share. You could always, there was always somebody doing better, so it humbled you. There was always something out there that made, that's kind of set the tone for, you know, certain people. Eduardo... You know, he came from, you know, he where he came from in, you know, Mexico. Mexico, you know, he didn't come up, you know, in wealthy, wealthy. Guy became one of the top surgeons in the world. Exactly. One of the top doctors in the world. So, I mean, somebody like that, you just, that's who he was already. Yeah. And it's a unique, it, it's a unique trait. And that's probably why dad was so close to him and why we're so close to him and trust him and love him and their whole family. So, yeah. So anyway. If you're a doctor out there, get, get your bedside manner going. Yeah, so you had a clot. People are nervous. You had a clot. I had a clot. So you got, you got issues. You got issues. 
What are they? You got issues. You got issues. First of all, well, I, I, th- this, I'm, I drive. You don't drive. When was the last time you had a car? Two years ago. So let's say 750 days ago, minimal. That's over. I know. I know the math. I know that it's over. You know. I know. I know this, I okay. Know this What's your point? Two years ago, it's probably been longer than that that you've had a car. When you came to Detroit last week for Cameron's graduation, you got in my car with me, and I drove you. I picked you up from the airport. Uh huh. And I drove you here to Mom's. Back to Mom's. And I drove you everywhere. everywhere. I've pretty much driven you everywhere. I drove you downtown. I drove you everywhere. You've been in the car with me a thousand times minimum. Totally. You and I have never had an incident in a car, ever. Never. And we've never had an incident where you've driven me or I've driven you. Neither of us. Never. What's your point? My point is, is that you're a fucking pain in the ass with this last trip. <clears throat> and I think it's because... My you've, fear. you've been completely bitched out by this fucking turn of events that have happened. So I think that you need to. You're going back to LA tomorrow. Yeah. I think that you. I think that you need to really go do some gut checking, and fucking talk to yourself and talk to somebody to figure out what fucking tools you need in the toolbox to fucking check yourself when you're on the edge of some shit. Because what does that mean? Because when you're in the car with me and you're telling me, oh. Don't don't go so fast, or don't tailgate, or go this way, or you should you question every move I make in the car. It has nothing to do with me driving. It has everything to do with you. My control issues. Your control issues, and it has to do with some some sort of fear of dying of, of of something. I don't know what the fuck it is. I'm not a doctor, but you could certainly get it. You could certainly figure it out in one fell swoop by somebody that's way smarter than I am in that field. I need to see a shrink. You see a shrink, see a grown-up, see whatever you want. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But go see somebody that can understand what you've been through. We talked about this, I don't know, a year ago on the podcast. We've talked about a lot of shit. And you should title this Post-Traumatic Stress Podcast. You've had post-traumatic stress. You've literally gone through traumatic events in your life, as I have. But you've been overly affected by them. You have not nurtured them out of your system or in a way that you can actually control the emotion of it because it is fucking eating at you. And a part of your stress level and a part of your, 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 your anxiety towards certain things is a manifestation of these things that you're holding in. It's not who you really are. They're things that you need to just purge yourself of. It's like you're, it's a, it's like you're a Sherpa of, of all this stuff that you're, it's not your stuff. Right. You're just simply carrying it. It's not yours. Just let it go. Get rid of it. Drop it off somewhere and put it somewhere. You never have to deal with it again. Get rid of the fights that you've been in that you, know, that you had no control over. You know, every fight that you've ever been in, you've won. Every fight that you've been in that you had no control over came at you out of the clear blue sky. That's just like getting, you know, that's like getting blindsided, like, which you had done. It's like... Somebody that, you know, gets beat up in an alley for no reason just because they're walking to their car after work. I mean, you, you've been through some shit in your life and it manifests itself. And as you get older and people are around you more or less, you have to understand you got to be, you got to have the tools in your toolbox to be alone happy and or with somebody happy. And you're never going to be that unless you can figure out what the fuck the demons are inside of you. 
Now you got way more good than bad. But you've got some PTSD or whatever they're going to fucking diagnose you with or call out as. Some people have ADD. Some people have ADHD. Some people have a bunch of shit they can say what it is because they've worked on it and they figured it out. You've got something and it's you, you, your, your system and your body has been shocked. Right. For so, I, I, so many I'm, times. I'm holding, I'm holding stress. Bro, things this have happened true. to you that you didn't ask for. And I'm not just talking about the things that happened in the recent past, but things in your childhood happened to you that you didn't ask for that were not your fault either. That, you know, happened to a lot of people. So it's not like you're talking to anybody out there that hasn't heard this or can't understand what I'm trying to say without saying it. But the fact is, is that a lot of people have been through exactly what you've been through and or worse and to some degree, understand exactly what you're, what is happening. It could probably call you on the phone right now if they could reach out and say, hey, I've been there, done that, and this is what I did to correct it. And you could probably get some help from people that just simply listen to this podcast because anybody out there that knows what I'm saying probably has gone to somebody and figured out what the fuck right. needs to be done. And, and, and I'm not saying that it has to happen tomorrow or whenever, but we've talked about it so much that it comes back to a lot of this. And I know that it's a part of your quirks or it's a part of your idiosyncrasies, but then it becomes a part of your, it becomes a part of your, your psychic uh, babble and, and, and it becomes a hindrance to your progression. And right. so you need to be able to- If you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it, yeah. And, 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 it, and it manifests itself in a lot of different ways. It manifests itself in your quirks and your show and your act and the way you interact with people and your relationships and your relationships with me, the kids, with mom, with uh, girlfriends, your buddies, work, your attorneys, your, your craft. Your, it could just gets, you, you're so talented that you're one of a kind, but you are so... You're, 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 you're only scratching the surface. You're so, you're so behind where you could be if you just freed your shit, if you just freed yourself of a lot of these burdens because you're a super successful guy, but you could be so much more successful. And I don't mean in the monetary way. I mean in the life way, the, the, the life way where it's, it's the Mike Young way. It's, it, and, and you're, 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 your beacon is bright, but it, it has a, there's a cloud. It shines through and the boats can come to harbor, but it's, there's still a cloud that shines over that light that has, it's like, it's like a, a little bit of a haze, like a veil over it that doesn't need to be there. That when you were coming up before a lot of this shit happened, bro, your act was different every night. You would go up on stage, and I'm not just, I'm, believe me, I'm not harping on your ass. Definitely let's not get into, yeah, don't. don't I'm not harping on that, but my point is, is that your fluids were flowing freely, and you were able to just unleash that to the gift that you had. You were able to just unlock it. It was just, that's just the way you did it. And when you wrote, and when you, you came up with shows, and the ideas, and the craftsmanship well now you have all the connections now you have all the abilities you've got the attorneys the agents you've got all the clout in the world your friends believe in you and trust you you've got some of the biggest people and names in the industry that you're friends with that you're surrounded by you have the ability and you are already doing this but that's my point is that you're already doing it with limited access to really your true self 
And once you are able to unleash that, then your true self comes out, bro. You're, I mean, the, you're 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 mega. You're mega. I mean, it's it's it's. A How do I get out of my own way, bro? Go talk to somebody. Go talk to. It's simple. It's so simple. It's an hour a day. It's it's literally one hour a day. I don't know why we get we get a lot of new listeners. We get like a couple hundred maybe every other, other week. So like some people are listening, going, "What the hell are you talking about?" You got a good therapist in LA. Call my brother Mike Young. No, but I'm saying like no. Some people are listening, going, "What is he even talking about?" Post traumatic stress disorder. They have no idea. I've been beat up. They have no idea. I've been. They can go back. Cornered. And you've talked yeah, about it in your podcast. Yeah, go listen to other podcasts. I, I've had a couple traumatic events in my life that you know that well, are just traumatic. They, and I've held on to them. I've held on to them, you know, and I feel like, I don't know, man. I feel like I need to, like you said, let the cloud lift. But I feel like, the like, let's just be fully honest. Boom. I get, I got, the last traumatic thing physically was I got jumped after a show, blindsided, broken nose, chipped orbital, put into the hospital, had no idea who the person was, never saw him in my life, fully jumped out of nowhere. So the residual on that is that I have not been able to let go and I have not been able to let that cloud go is that I still have this weird feeling every single day that if there's somebody around me that I don't know that I start to like try to control the situation and I don't feel 100% comfortable floating like I used to. I used to fucking just float yeah, through here's space. The thing. Here's and the thing. Here's I have a paranoia going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, all right. So uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to that's true. That all happened. But that's not the last traumatic thing that happened to you. Or the clot. That's not the that that but before the clot, you got into a car accident. You were driving, you had been out partying with your buddies, or you and you were driving somebody home, you got into a car accident. And and that car accident, nobody got hurt, thank God. But there was an accident, there was a car, there was a scene, and and that was that. But that was a traumatic moment. I remember you calling me and you that woke you up for a second about some shit. Then you had a spot on your liver that came up on an x-ray. Yeah. That tripped you out. Totally. So that was all before the clot. Another false positive. Understood. It could have been a shadow or whatever, but it was false positive, but it still tripped you out. Now, there's a lot of ways that you get hit. You get hit physically, or you get hit emotionally. And you've been hit a lot of different ways. So you're, you're, my point is, is that you're not alone. My point is, is that what you're going through, all this stuff, you know, it's, it's not anything that anybody hasn't been through. You know, in, in, in one way or another, people have lost their loved ones. People have been sick. People have gotten over. <gasps> Excuse me. We know people that have been through cancer, stage oh. three, stage four. I know people that I work with have been, you know, have been... We're on their deathbed and are working. working I I haven't been on my deathbed. I was kind of a couple times. I mean, I don't know if I was on my deathbed, but I was on the bed. Bro, bro, it doesn't have to. Listen, every time you lay down could be your deathbed. Right. So just check yourself with that. The point is I need to lift the cloud, man, because 12, 13 years ago, I was much lighter of a spirit. And there's been a heaviness and there's been a cloud over me and I yeah. definitely could use some help and some talking to. Yeah, now, so I've been able to pull it off on stage, you know what I mean? And like you and I can battle all day about like 
about my act and like not changing my bit for a long time. And you can say that when I was younger. And by the way, you can, Jerry Seinfeld said this, when you start out in comedy, you have a streak your first six years and you are flying and you're catching this luck and you're catching this wind and this creativity. And then for the next 10 years, you're crafting that act into a solid bit. And then you're keeping that act for as long as possible. So what I will agree with you on is my creativity used to flow through me a lot more powerfully and it used to come often. So I would be writing frantically and then through multiple traumatic events, getting beat up by an organized crime situation, getting sucker punched in West Palm, getting told I might have some shit on my liver, whatever life hits you and I got, I was taking shots and I wasn't coming back from them quick. So like my 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 third eye or whatever you want to call it, my creative, you know, vortex, the, the creative, the zone where I was getting creative, it was it was getting a lot harder to write jokes, to write bits. Now, the irony of that is, is that I was getting hired more to write like a TV show or a movie. So I, I was actually struggling more to like be creative, like because of this cloud. Now, this cloud's gonna lift, bro. I'm, I'm gonna lift it. I'm gonna go talk to somebody. I'm gonna figure out how to get this fucking cloud off my shoulders. But the whole irony of the whole thing is, you know, our, our business is, this business is just a weird business. Like, yeah, I, I, like I'll let the cloud lift and the creativity, but our business is so upside down structurally. Like, it's a shitty business model. You know what I mean? Like, I know that I could be one of the best comics. Like I just, uh, you know, the the props I get from opening for Sebastian or the people that see me and invested in single mic off of basically just seeing me open for Sebastian. I know what my potential is. And I I know I need to find a a, a smooth... Who is it? You need to get it? No, it's all right. I I know I need to find a, a way to get there. You know what I mean? Right. Um... You want you want to take that real quick? No, it's all right. All right. Uh, I just want to make sure the kids are cool. That's it's uh, it's it's, dead. it's Tony. Yeah, it's not, it's not Christian. Um, but yeah, I uh, I need to find a way to lift that. You know what I mean? To lift the cloud and get back to that feeling. And by the way, the creative wind it still hits me. I still catch wind, bro. When I'm sitting at the table and I'm in my script or I'm in my act, whew, it comes through me. So it's not shut down. Yeah, no, I got you. I understand what you're saying. You know? You're a sailboat with not all your sails up. And you're a beautiful sailboat, but you don't have all your sails up. Yeah, and so I'll talk to somebody. I'll figure out how to get over some of this post-traumatic stress disorder. Listen, you know, you I'm a sensitive soul, man. You're, you're, I'm just you're, a sensitive soul. I got a little bit of a bitch gene. No, you, you know? don't have a bitch gene. Quit saying that about yourself. You... No, but I'm saying I feel a lot. I'll I'll, I'll cry in a commercial. Yo, you're a sensitive dude. You're a good man. That's what fucking real men do. Yeah, real men cry. I'll cry it out right now. You're a real fucking man. You're not... It's not a bitch tendency. You're not fucking cowering to anything or anybody. If anything, it's the exact opposite. You stand up for everything. And you stand up for... for, You got a strong will and testament integrity that's second to none. So it's not about... It's not about you. There's nothing about going to see somebody and talking to somebody that's soft. And if you say that, fuck you. Yeah. Because that's some bullshit. So anybody that does see somebody... Yeah, but... First of all, I go... Yo, yo, yo. First of all, relax. I didn't say going to see somebody was soft. 
don't put a word in my mouth. I didn't say going to see someone soft. I said, I have a bitch gene. I'll watch a commercial and cry. So well, I don't know where you got that from. I, I never said going to see somebody. Eh, maybe I just wanted to say it. But it just said, I just said it. Yeah. I just said it because there's people listening that that do. I, I bet you I bet you more than more listeners than not talk to somebody. Of course. And I bet you even more of them that don't need to or would of like course. to. Of course. So if anybody out there, I mean, Mike's in Beverly Hills, California, but you can find somebody. you got fucking great doctors and great connections out there. And every one of your friends is absolutely seeing somebody. Everybody in the industry is absolutely. There's probably somebody. Are you kidding? My boys have walked out of the office and seen their other friend waiting in line to go see the same person. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. You should get, you should do group therapy. I just can't afford their guy. You know what I mean? My friends, you know. You're, meanwhile, up at uh, Leo's house at Pickleball, this therapist is probably the champion of Pickleball. So I'll talk to him next time I'm up there. 100% he's probably there. Just call him out. But anyway, and then t- talk to him for an hour with your feet in the pool. So anyway, today today was a cool day. So I'm being bold. I'm doing some cool shit. I'm getting involved in some funky, fun, cool shit. So just out of the blue, I mean, this just happened. But my buddy uh, who owns... Uh, vibrant life communities out he there's like four they, they own four properties and we do all their emergency work his name's dean sold and he's super creative professional musician incredible pianist uh, professional pianist and instructor and also an entrepreneurial uh teacher at the business school uh, at eastern michigan university so i met him through obviously through work but then he invited me to come speak to his students I introduced him and his students to downtown Detroit. Bruce gave him a tour. It was phenomenal. And he's hooked. And um, he knows that I've done some acting. He's, he knows that I have been in Second City. And so they had uh, the grand opening ribbon cutting today out in Ypsilanti for their property that they just, a new property they, they were breaking ground on. So Debbie Stabenow, the state senator, uh, flew in from Washington. Um, to be there for the ribbon cutting and you know other like politicians locally from Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, the community, whatever. So anyway, it was, it was really cool. So there was that and then there was also the staff. So the whole thing was to honor his staff. It wasn't about the ownership. It wasn't about the money, the bank, all that stuff. It was about honoring his staff. And so he invited me and asked me if I would MC the red carpet. He created a red carpet like Oscar atmosphere walking into the community. So when his staff came in, they were treated like red carpet superstars. That's awesome. Like they were going to the Oscars or the Grammys. And I was the guy on the carpet that was interviewing all of them, asking them questions, yeah. talking about what they did. So I had a list of things of who the people were and what they did and what their titles and little biographies on them. So I got a chance to sit and talk with all these people coming in and their families and and the and the people that live there too. The, the building's almost Yeah, that's a beautiful so the thing. residents and their families and their grandkids and children, they were all invited. <laughs> so there was... The demographic was like 95 to like just born and everything in between. And my buddy Dean, I mean, what a, what a, what an incredible uh, soul he is, you know, and, and a character guy and a, and a core value type guy really cares. And he happens to be in senior lifestyles. Yeah. Uh, a community. He yeah. He'd be great them. in any business. He'd, 
he's just he's just a soul. He's the soul of the place. So they you know they had jazz musicians there, and he sat in with the jazz band. And but he, fish swims but, from the head. But none of it was about him. It was it was just cool. And and I had a chance to talk with a lot of people and, and get to really dig in in the vibe. And and uh, I was like at the end of it. He like just came over and his mom flew in from Boston and his sister and yeah and and when they came anyway his mom gave me a hug. she told me she loved me she goes and I don't just say that she's like I don't just say that you should never just say that this is the first you, time you met her it's the first time I met her yeah and she was like she's like I don't just say that about people she goes I, I don't throw that word and I don't think people should just throw that word love out there like 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 that like people do. She was because it really is something you know special if you mean it when you mean it, and and she said uh, she loved me because of the relationship that I have with Dean. Oh, that's and, beautiful. Dean talk, I guess you know he talks about me a lot, and, and I I met her for the first time today, and uh, it was really a heartwarming moment. You know, it was like it was super sweet. It was emotional. It was Dean was emotional. He was drained from the whole day, and I was doing the MC out in the sun, so I was beat and yeah, trying no. to keep things. You know, that's a great day. Out. And it was just a—it's just one of those moments in your life where there was no fanfare, there was no accolades, there was no press, there was no, no you know, uh, no rah-rah stuff. It was, it was just simply like real shit. good community. Yeah, it was like what you. It was, yeah, it was like it was like what you do, and if you got that kind of spirit in you, this this is the place to be. This is the place to work. You should try to make every place you go feel like that. Oh, it was... Everywhere you go. Like, even, like... I burped a baby tonight. I burped a baby, spit up all over my hand. <laughs> I mean, I taught little kids... I need a baby. I taught little kids how to play horseshoe. I, I sat with these, you know, some of the um, some of the, the, the older people that were there and their extended families. And just sat and talked with them and laughed with them and, and just got down with them. It was cool. I had a conversation with a lady today about... Old school vernacular versus new school vernacular. I said, now, I said, kids today, now, they, they drop the F-bomb. You hear the F-bomb. I said, back in your day. Uh, gosh darn it. Yeah, it was gosh darn it or golly Damn jeepers. nabbit. Yeah, it was like silly. It was like little rascal stuff. It was yeah. like that type of vernacular. And yeah. uh, we no. were just, everybody that was listening to us were cracking up at the idea of, like, me Breaching, you know, broaching that subject with her. Yeah, bro, you light people on fire when you're around. Them. Oh, it was, it you was, know, we were having. You light them on fire. There That's were classic a, moments everywhere. It was, it was just a, a wonderful night. So I had a great night tonight. Yeah, you um, did the same. You do the same thing with your, with what you do in Detroit when you're tutoring those kids. Oh yeah, I took Mike down to the boxing. Gym. Yeah, I got a ch- I, yeah, I got a chance to go down to Detroit, hang out with my brother. He took me to the Detroit Boxing Club downtown. Detroit well, Youth Boxing Gym. Detroit Youth Boxing Gym, two giant rings, huge space, and kids cannot do anything until they study. And so Rob is back there tutoring these adorable, hilarious kids in Detroit. And they know him and they love him. And he's sitting there and he's reading with them. And this one hilarious kid who's just a little funny, chubby kid is just like loving you. And he's like, you know, he's sitting there quoting like, movie line the kid's like eight years old he's quoting movies he's quoting lyrics and you sit there and you just go all I was thinking the whole time was A how beautiful it is to have those kids down there give them a place to go you know 
95%, you know, African-American kids in the city, a couple little, you know, maybe Arab kids that were, their dad was over there teaching boxing or something. I don't know where their dad was, but like, just those kids, you see them get love and attention and you just realize that's it, man. All people need is love, connection, yep. attention, and they want to feel love. And it's the most cliche shit because you hear it on every upbeat, you know, motivational speaking podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's the truth and you see it when you see it and you know it when you see it. Yep. But those kids feel love down there. They love – I mean – and I'll, my second thing I was thinking is there's so much talent. In the, in the cities, like in the inner cities, yep. you know, and these yep. kids have such personalities and it's like, if they can just see over the roof where they live, you know what I mean? If they could just get a view of like what they could be in life with those personalities, man, yeah, the world would just blossom, you know? What, that's what some of those improv games that we were playing with them is all about, like cracking them open to, you know, just... Think outside the box a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it know. just it just warms your heart down there, man. Oh, it's a the one the the, red, the the chubby kid's brother who <laughs> yeah. looked like literally like who looked like a nine year old version of like one of the fat boys from the Fat Boy. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you know what I mean. He looked like Mark Prince Marky D. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every time they like wanted a volunteer, <laughs> he stepped right in. Yeah. Are you okay? Can I help you? Yeah, what, yeah. what are you upset about? Just a sweet soul, man. Yeah, and I'm trying to teach math to that one kid. He was like, just all he wanted to do is just like, just... You're you know. throwing math problems out there. I don't even know if you were correct. Oh, my God. You started hitting him with division. I'm like, are you sure you know division, bro? Oh, my God. I, I don't know. I, I Honestly, the, 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 it, I'm, I'm better at uh, English, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm good at math, like just the way I do math, but the way kids do math today, I mean, you, it's, a whole it's other specialized piece. teaching. I mean... We could do it, but it's not the way the teachers want to see it. But it's fun for me. It oh oh oh, major injury in hockey. Um, sorry, the playoff game is on right now, and a guy just went down backwards and hit his noggin. Oh man, that's ugly. And they score. And they score. Yeah, Boston and then St. Louis. Yeah, Boston. Uh, St. Louis just scored game no, five in Boston. This dude just went down like a ton of bricks, and they didn't blow the whistle. And then St. Louis scored, so that's not good. We grew up playing hockey, so this is our sport. We love hockey. Yeah, watch this. Watch this. Watch this right here. All this we guy goes do down it. backwards. Oh, and that dude, I mean, that's a penalty. By the way, huh? that's a major penalty. And by the way... And they didn't call it. My mom's got a TV that you can barely see the players. All we <laughs> need to do is go get mom a new TV. You got to sit down and look at My the mom's TV. got a 41-inch, a 27-inch television in a 65-inch space. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's got a flat screen, but we've all been too lazy to go get a new television. Like mom little, deserves a new TV in here. Really and so do we. Yo, if you have to stand up and, and you have to stand up and watch this TV and stand right in the middle of the screen to watch it. And you got to wear reading glasses. Anyway, we've been talking for 35 minutes. I'm going to get some help, and I'm going to lift this cloud off my shoulders. I can't wait to take... Let me tell you something, though. When I'm with Ian and Cameron, my brother's kids, my nephews, I don't have a lot of cloud on me. I feel Me neither. I feel like... Me neither. I feel alive. No, no. Bro, pain is temporary. Victory is forever. Every time that you're with those kids, same thing with me. Going through what I'm going through as far as a divorce goes and all that, my kids are my salvation. Ian and Cameron have always been since day one. Right. Have been they're my they're they're my they're my teddy bears. When yeah. they're babies, 
they're my whoobies. <laughs> they're, yeah. They grew up now all of a sudden. I'm playing catch with them. They're, I'm skating with them. I'm passing pucks with them. Then I'm all of a sudden talking to them like they're grown-ass men. I got two high school graduates. One just finished his sophomore year, his freshman year of college. I got some grown-ass fucking men. So I can talk to them about anything now. But they're my kids and they're your nephews. They're only going to be there so much for that. Right. They have to live their own lives. I'm not so, trying to swamp them. No, no, no. It's not the, my point is this, and you, and you got to listen. You have to go immediately when you get back to Los Angeles. And even though you're taking Ian there for a week or so, you should even do it while he's there. Just go. Go where? Go to a fucking therapist. Don't avoid it anymore. Go to a fucking therapist. Go f- talk to your doctor. Talk to your buddies. You know everybody's seeing somebody. And just go. Go to the first person they give you the name and number of that they say they trust. You hear that word trust and sacred place or whatever, sanctuary. All right, I'm going. Go. I mean, go as soon as possible because it'll just be your stepping stone. It might not be the person for you for the long term, but it's a person that that, that will give you an idea of what you're going to need. And then the next person may be even better. Or this could be the right person. But the point is, is take that first step. Give me, a, give me an example of what you think, how you, how you think I'm like, I got a little cloud on me. Like, what's something, do I act a certain way that I feel like there's a cloud over me? Or you just know me so well that you can see it in me? Like, Part you, of it is I can see it in your aura. I mean, I can see it in your, in, in your aura. Part of it I can see, I can see it in your, your angst. With certain things, I was talking about a little bit earlier about when we're driving, I was sort of alluding to, it really wasn't my driving, it was more like what's on your mind, and you were just putting it on me. And I think that it just comes out, you're, 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 um, you, you have a, there's a, yeah, I mean, for me, what I see is a certain anxiety about your health, about your well-being, it's a constant cycle of babble of, of, uh, if somebody says, uh, oh, you know, you, you were telling me your knee uh, was bruised, all of a sudden you got to call a knee specialist. All of a sudden you got to call Eduardo. All of a sudden you got to call uh, another doctor because your knee's bruised and it's been three days since it's been bruised. You got a fucking knee bruise. My nose has been broke for 30 years. My fingers, I broke every finger. Every single one of them hurts, but I can still have broken bones in my feet. You still get through your day. I mean, I don't have to call a doctor to know that my shit is, you know, jacked up in certain ways. Um, so you just got to... My it, complaining. You're complaining. My neurosis. Your neurosis. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff. Your fear of commitment. Your fear of, um, you know, just locking down anything in your life. Like, we were just talking about the TV show or the movie that, that you're going to do with, uh, with Jay's family. And, you know, D and Run... You know, are involved, and they want to. They want to be involved. I mean, of they, course, they want to be involved. They should be involved. Yeah, but, I mean, but I'm but, not doing anything to to keep them from being involved. No, but you have the ability to 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 highly lock them in, to to engage them, and to engage your team with their team. Right, but this is what you you know you love to say this, and you sound very authoritative when you're doing it. But you don't know them like I know them, and you don't know how how many times I've tried to get them involved and engaged, and I've actually had paperwork on the desk. So I can do when I tell you I'm doing everything in my power to lock everybody in. I'm doing everything in my power. 
Did you talk to your attorney to have? Yeah, my attorney. I've talked to my attorney five times. Just talk to them. Have you have you had them talk to your attorney and said, "This is my guy. He'll tell you everything that's going on." No, I haven't done that yet. Okay, so that's all I'm saying. Right, but don't 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 tell me that I'm not trying to put all the puzzle pieces together, bro. I get put in these positions for a reason. I mean. They trust me. They all trust me. But they're, you don't know. These guys got major lives going off in other directions, doing 17 things that don't involve me. I'm doing everything in I'm my power. to avoid having to worry about it and put that weight on your shoulders where you get all uh, crazy mashugana is to connect your attorney simply with their people and with them and just have a conversation and get that weight off your shoulders. Because a lot of these deals don't get done because that one step is missing. Totally. And that one step could just simply be you taking 10 minutes out of your day to call your attorney and say, this is what I want to do. I'm going to now patch them into this call. And please, let's have this nice conversation about how this thing looks. Give them the optics on it so that they can feel comfortable and move forward and just keep the progression going. I'm going to text message Eric, uh, DMC's manager. Right, right when we hang up from this. Absolutely. And I'm going to say, yo, I will put you in touch with my attorney. He can tell you exactly what a deal might look like. Exactly. And, and let him and talk. Listen, any high-level executive, any anybody wants to be talked to and explained to like they're a, a, a kid. It's, it's amazing how much shit can get done when it can be whiteboarded and explained to somebody um, so simply. Because it is a very simple... It doesn't, it's no skin off your back to make a phone call and do the right thing. Right. And, uh, you know, and then if it doesn't work from there, that, that, that burden's not on you whatsoever. Totally. You know, it gives them the opportunity to, to look at it from a different uh, viewpoint and, and it, it's good. It's good for everybody and it keeps you involved and it keeps both, all parties aware and transparent yeah. and trusting. We're talking know. about the group Run DMC and I'm in, I'm in a position right now to potentially do their mo- produce their feature film based on the, the group Run DMC. You are. The, you've already locked it in. The Beatles of rap. You are. You've locked it in. I've you, already met with the chairman of Warner Brothers. They want to do the movie. They're talking about it right now. They're going back and forth. The yeah. business affairs. I'm just trying to lock in everybody in position. So you've been friends, you've been friends with the group for you know, 25 20 years. Yeah. years at least, right? So, I mean, and good friends. Like, they love you. Their kids yeah. love you. Everybody, I mean, everybody loves you. I mean, they love you. You're yeah. Mike Young. You're lovable. So this whole thing is put together because of you. Yeah. So you can't just now let it. it, 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 it if this thing is going to fade in any direction, it's going to be because of you. And if it's going to succeed, it's going to be because of you. So have fun right now. is a good time to really smile about what's going on and put yourself. I got to enjoy these moments. Yeah. And that's a part of the, I guess. That's another part of my negativity. It's a part of your negativity. You're fucking glass half empty sometimes, or at least you don't, you don't, you don't try to fill the rest of the cup. It's amazing that you fucking got this far, to be honest with you. (laughs) What are you talking about? It really is because you get in your own way or you don't take it to the finish line sometimes. Well, Well, name one thing I haven't taken to the finish line. What don't I take to the finish line? Well, well, you've had some shows that you haven't taken to the finish line. I don't want to get into the things. What that, shows? More things that have worked out than haven't. But I'm saying, bro, what what shows haven't gone to the finish line? I mean, if I get if, if HBO buys a show from me, and I write the show, they own the show. Just because they didn't make the show, that's not on me. There's there's my my job my job is done. Do you not understand that? 
There's no, there's nothing I could have done to make the show go. Do you understand how the business works? Like it's a business. You know what I mean? That's like saying, you know, you, uh, you know, things fell flat in Detroit on a certain job that you guys had that you were in charge of. You know what I mean? Like you could have run things better because you were the hands-on guy and it didn't go great. There's only so much you can do from your spot. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, to say my show, like, what do you, I, don't, I don't even know what you mean by that. My show is Well, I'm go. talking about this one in particular. I'm saying take it to the finish line. You're right there. You're in the red zone. You're in the, you're in the goal and you're in the scoring position. All I'm saying is you... Just you, understand that every single thing I do like this, I leave it all on the field. There's no... None of these things I look back and go, damn, I could have done this. I've done my best. I've written my best shit. You know what I mean? When you do, it's it's art, bro. You ever heard? You know what I mean? It's art. It's the art world. Hey, you make your shit as good as you can, and that's it. You turn it over to the universe, and whatever yeah, happens. Give birth to it. Hey, yeah. Listen, listen. Don't be an asshole. Take my words for what they are. Don't be fucking fucking around. I'm being serious. What? I'm being. Oh, Boston just scored. I was being serious. What are you talking? I'm being about? serious right now about about your shit. What you're saying right now, I get it. I understand all that shit. I understand. I know that you take it to the finish line. I know that you leave it all on the field. I get that. Go see a therapist. <laughs> go see a therapist. I'm going. That's Just it. Just go see a fucking therapist. All right. Okay. That's it. Stories that need to be told. Mike Young needs a therapist, and he's going to be going very soon. How long was this? What yeah. you mean? 10 p.m. Oh, 49 minutes. All right. My brother, Robert Young, is working with Blue Team. If the roof blows off your commercial property, call Robert Young at Blue Team. If the casino floods, call Robert Young. If your 80-story building in the middle of Manhattan gets hit by lightning, call Robert Young at Blue Team. This is Mike Young. Stories need to be told. What's the number? Call, leave, give him my cell phone. Call Robert Young at 248-755-5811. That's Robert Young with Blue Team. Pretty soon this podcast will be brought to you by Blue Team. I'll be charging you. All right. Love you. Thanks. I'll go see a psychiatrist. Take me back when I was a kid. Take me Never back Never had now. to worry about what I did. The one time I'm one, a man two. now. Check it out. Now. Gotta the get it down. No sound. time for fun down now. now. Take me back uh, when I was a one, kid. Two. Never had to worry about what back. I did. Coming back for you. But I'm a man now. Where I was a man now.